0: another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and today we're going to be joined by a very special guest. We are going to be joined by Austin Hartsfield of the Painting Corners Podcast, and today we're going to recap the Spurs versus Mavericks game. Spurs get a much-needed win on the road and came from behind to do it, and right now we're going to go ahead and get your take, Austin. I know how you feel about Wesley Matthews and the Dallas Mavericks. So what do you think uh, of, of tonight's game? What do you think happened?
1: Um, I think that their immaturity showed through, definitely. I mean, when you get a lead like that, veteran teams don't blow that lead. And un- unfortunately, when you're a leader as a 19-year-old kid, you're going to tend to show flaws like that. Also, when you have a, a leading rebounder of nine and DeAndre Jordan, when you have no true real power forward outside of Maxi Kleba and you play Harrison Barnes at the four and, you know, Dirk's a shell of himself, you're going to tend to give up rebounds and you can't afford to do that. I mean, you have to be able to get rebounds to secure games and that just wasn't the case tonight.
0: Yeah, that wasn't the case tonight. If I look right now, um, you know, just some of the observations that I saw for tonight's game, points in the paint, Spurs had 36 points in the paint, Mavericks had 38 Second chance points, Spurs had 19. The Mavericks, they had 21. Fast break points, this was a big one, Austin. Spurs had 12 fast break points. Mavericks had absolutely zero. And if I look at this and it says Spurs biggest lead, Mavericks had a 19-point lead at one time. Spurs only had a six-point lead. But, you know, I think what happened at the end of the day is just the Spurs just decided to clamp down a little bit on the defensive end. And they were sharing the ball quite well uh, for the, you know, one of the stats that stood out at me for the night is the team as a whole had 26 assists, the San Antonio Spurs did, and they had a balanced scoring attack. You know, it wasn't really, you know, they needed to rely on DeMar or Rudy Gay or LaMarcus Aldridge to save the day. It's like the bench woke up and came up big for the Spurs. So I like that balanced scoring attack. I can't really say that that was the case for the Mavericks. You had Luka Donick. And everyone else, Austin, he needs some help, man.
1: Yeah, he needs some help. He also needs his running mate back, which Dennis probably isn't coming back, unfortunately. It's going to turn into probably around the same as the Kuala situation where we're going to have to move him because he's probably not going to come back uh, on his own accord. But uh, unfortunately, the guy who's, Basically following him and trying to be his wingman instead of Dorian Finney-Smith, who it should be and who should get the minutes that Wesley Matthews is getting. It is Wesley Matthews, and Wesley Matthews is probably one of my least favorite human beings on this planet. I mean, he just makes this team worse. You saw that. You saw that at the end of the stretch. I mean, he took six or seven shots, and it would have felt like the last five, six minutes of the game. And it's just him jacking him up, not moving the ball around. He's a ball stopper, and you can't have that when you have a 19-year-old kid who bases his game on flowing around the offense
0: basically yeah you know i do like the the future for the mavericks and luca donick but the mavericks they need some help you know and hopefully they can get that help for him because i want to see this rivalry again you know i want to see the spurs and the mavericks playing at a high level going at each other i think it's good for the fans and it's good for the conference because you want to see the same thing happening when these teams meet up against like the 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 houston rockets you know the I-10 rivalry, you, you want to see all these things get renewed again, and I'm looking forward to that, you know, I got to say, I'm, I'm kind of excited about it, the Spurs, I don't know, man, the, the, their future's still up in the air, there's still a question mark to me, because they have such a hard time of, you know, trying to get these wins on the road, I think tonight was a good testament to what the team could do when they play consistent basketball away from the AT&T Center, they can actually come from behind and win some games against a decent team, you know? So hopefully they can continue to build upon this because the Spurs have a, a heavy schedule coming up in the rodeo road trip. It's not too far away. And this is going to be a testament to see either, you know, if the team can win away from home because they have eight games away from the AT&T center on that rodeo road trip. And to me, it's not really a make or break, I, I believe, for the season, but it's going to be a good staple uh, to tell us where this team is going to be going moving forward. As far as the Mavericks go, uh, the Mavericks are still, you know, they can still be in the hunt to, to try to make the the playoffs. I believe the Mavericks are in the 13th spot right now in the West, in, the st- in a stackly tight West, uh, but they can they can make some headway. They can get some things rolling. I mean, they are not that many games from getting in that eighth eighth spot, you know the the Lakers are holding that right now, but the other teams that are there with the with the Mavs, the Pelicans, Timberwolves, Kings, Jazz, even the Lakers, they're not all that great. I think any one of these teams could move up and take that eighth spot. So, what do you think? You think the Mavericks yeah, got a chance?
1: You're also you're also on the brink of kind of whether this team is going to be really bad or is going to be really good, and it hinges on the shoulders of a 19-year-old who hasn't played a ton of games at this point in a season. Uh, if he if he is anything like he is right now in the back half of the season, the last quarter of that season, I have full confidence that they'll try to slip into the eighth seed. And if they slip into the eighth seed, this is a team that tends to give the Warriors trouble. So while well, they might not win a series, they might take two or three games and kind of put a chink in the armor a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, I think they can, you know, maybe put a chink in the armor, make some headway. It'd be interesting if they can get that eighth and final spot in the West, you know, right before the, the playoffs. So I, I'm I'm rooting for the for the Mavericks because they're exciting to watch, you know, when they get things rolling. You know, the Spurs.
1: Yeah, they're, they're must-see TV, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, the, the, everybody loves Luka Donick. And, and I got to say something, too. You know our sick friend Rudy? Rudy Campos Jr. Yeah. <laughs> of the Rated Heart Podcast. He's got a slight crush on Luca Donick's mama, man.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, he's, he's had a slight crush on him since I introduced him to video of Luca over a year and a half ago. Uh, I told Rudy, I was like, hey, you know, there's this kid that I love, you know, I want you to see him because I think he could be the future of my franchise. And I showed him, and Rudy was like, do you think he'll get him? I was like, I think so. And it winded up happening, and Rudy's Rudy's kind of a little bit distraught that he's a Maverick, but, you know, Rudy still loves him either way.
0: Yeah, he loves Luca, and he loves Luca's mama, so <laughs> that maybe that's yeah. a topic of discussion for the for the Rated R podcast coming up. You know, maybe they can have a, a rating scale or something. You know, hottest moms in the I think NBA. We covered
1: it on, on draft night, too.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, sometimes you go off the walls. That's what I like about the Rated R podcast, and you make an appearance on yeah. there maybe once in a while as well, so... You know, that's always fun, so you all got to check that out. And they also got to check out your Painting Corners podcast. You all are really, you know, making some strides there. You're having, like, a lot of these well-known players, you know, and not only that, you're talking some great uh, baseball, you know, especially during the offseason. I mean, can you tell us a little bit more about what you all got going on over there? Well,
1: we got, like, we are going through a phase now to where we're trying to knock out these teams in this off season preview show to where we enter we – interview a writer a beat writer or fan of each team kind of break it down what the prospects look like for the year what the opening day roster will look like and kind of what the fans can expect from said team for the year uh coming up friday we have a very special episode just because i write for the team we do have the san diego padres coming up uh team that just moved out of san antonio to amarillo where i'm at and uh in a few weeks we have The mission's new home we have uh milwaukee brewers and robert murray who writes for the athletic milwaukee will be on with us to talk about uh, the brewer's future and the future of Hera and if you get to see him in san antonio to start with or
0: uh, if he starts in milwaukee yeah but tell us about the name of the team that's the one thing that really stood out at me i think most people here too they were like the amarillo sod poodles and and for people that really aren't familiar with the, the demographics of Amarillo, can you let them know what a sod poodle is?
1: Sod poodle is, a, is slang for a prairie dog. You know, uh, if you come out to Amarillo, the first thing you'll notice is you can, if, at a certain point, it feels like you can see Lubbock, which is an hour and a half away from Amarillo. But uh, it's very flat, uh, not a whole lot going on. Uh, the, the vote came down to boot scooters, the long haulers, sod poodles, and I think that was it. there might a bucket in Bronx, so I mean at the end of the day, I'm kind of thankful that it wound up being sod poodle and not something else,
0: yeah, I kind of like the name, you know, I wasn't digging it at first because I was like, what is a sod poodle, but when I looked it up, like you said it's it's a a prairie dog, basically, so I'm like, oh okay, well right, that makes sense, you know, sod poodle, all right so i'm I like the name, I like the the logo, so. They're still going to be a part of San Antonio history, even though the team has moved to Amarillo. So I'm still going to root for them. You know, I'm I'm a fan of of baseball and they were the missions and now they're going to be the Amarillo Sod Poodles. And we have another team that's coming into San Antonio and we'll just have to see what the future holds for us. I know that we have the team, I believe, for a season or two and that's it. And then it's kind of going to be up for discussion to see what's going to transpire moving forward. So... Maybe that's a, a good topic it's kind of discussion. Of up in
1: the air. It's kind of up in the air, but uh, the city needs to be excited about the fact that they they had the missions last year, right? They have the missions again this year, but the missions also moved up a level. So you're getting the guys that are on the brink of major league stardom at that point. You're getting the guys that you know are on a major league rehab assignment. So say, you know, knock on wood, that like Christian Yelich gets hurt next year for the Brewers first place that he would come for a rehab assignment in San Antonio and that makes the mission must be TV at that point.
0: Yeah, no doubt. So for everything you need to know about MLB baseball in the off season and even moving forward into the regular season, you all got to follow the Painting Corners podcast. And of course you can find that on iTunes, Spotify, and all major platforms. So make sure you go and listen to that and make sure you go and uh, talk with Austin. He likes to, you know, pick his brain about anything from baseball to you know, NBA Absolutely. basketball and any, just about anything in between, even a little bit of NFL football. Where can everybody find you and you know on 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 social media, especially on Twitter? I think you're you're pretty active, I believe, on Twitter.
1: Yeah, active active is definitely the word for me on Twitter. I mean, I can't go a day without it. It's an addiction at this point. But uh, it's at Hartsfield MLB. You can also find uh, Paint Corners on at Paint Corners Pod uh, for everything baseball.
0: Cool, so make sure you go and check that out. Now getting back to San Antonio Spurs basketball. Now I'm just gonna go ahead and point out some stats for tonight for the fans. You know, we had DeMar DeRozan who put in 14 points. Rudy Gay came back, he returned from his wrist injury, put up 14 points. Well, marcus Aldridge kinda sat set out this game a little bit, got some rest. He had eight points on the night, but we really didn't need him, and you know, I was glad to see him get some rest. Derek White who was tearing it up, you know, he's he only had six points tonight. He paid, played 24 minutes, not bad.
1: Atrocious.
0: Yeah, and you know, I mean, he, he was
1: playing his better. Thing was he got switched on Luka a lot, and, you know, yeah. when you know, you're Derek White and you're 6'3", and you get switched on <laughs> supposedly 6'7", Luka, who I'm pretty sure is actually 6'9". I mean, you're going to have problems.
0: Yeah, he's going to just shoot right over him. There's not much you can do other than just try to keep, you know, yourself in front of your opponent, but that's about it. Other than that, it's just fadeaways and jump shots, you know, all night. And All you can do is just hope not to not to foul him when he's when he's going to go up and, and shoot the ball. You don't want to give him a three-point opportunity. So hats off to you, Derek White. You you did the best you could, but you were just a couple inches too short. And then we have one of the smaller yeah, he defenders. Did,
1: he did enough. I mean, yeah, he only shot two free throws tonight, so they were pretty disciplined.
0: Yeah, and then we have one of the smaller defenders for the Spurs, which is Bryn Forbes, another guard. Uh, Bryn Forbes had 12 points on boy. the night yeah my boy (laughs) hey i publicly apologized to him over the air i told him i said i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make fun of him or or say anything bad about him because he's been one of the most consistent players for the spurs so the name that i gave him barbecue has been retired henceforth and now he's just known as brent forbes to me (laughs) and patty mills he had 14 (laughs) points and my boy michael bartlett of the se- ticket 760 and WOII 1200 AM radio, he actually public publicly apologized to to Patty Mills after he's been, you know, kind of disgruntled about Patty Mills. He hadn't been on the Patty Mills bandwagon, was bashing him for like the last two seasons. He actually said some nice things and apologized to to Patty Mills, and I almost fell out my seat when he did so. So that was quite humorous. But Patty's been great. Um, Marco Benanelli, man. Everybody
1: you, has that player though. Like I just publicly apologized to Harrison Barnes on Twitter the other <laughs> night.
0: I think because we,
1: I've been riding him a little bit.
0: I think I we all have wasn't one a
1: problem. It's Wesley.
0: Yeah, I think we all have one player that we're kinda like we ride him hard, you know, like, man, what's wrong with this guy? He needs to play at a higher level. And then when they do, you're like eating some crow, you know, when they come back on. Yeah. So,
1: sometimes there's a point of no return though, like
0: yeah, they they fall off the abyss, man, and that's when you say we just won't talk about them no more. Kind of like what happened with yeah. the fake number 2. <laughs> Once he left San Antonio, I'm like, yeah, doesn't doesn't concern me anymore. But you know, I got to say one of the guys that really surprised me in tonight's game was Marco Beninelli. He had he led the team with 17 points. He had I think two rebounds on the night and he had two assists and one steal. So he had he had a pretty good night overall. And then you had Davis Bertans, who is kind of our sniper of the night. He hit a dagger. He hit a dagger to really seal this game away. And he had 12 points on the night, so it was a balanced scoring attack. And I, I love this. I think the Spurs are going to be okay. You know, I, do I expect them to win a championship this year? I don't know. Maybe they'll surprise everyone, and they'll actually, you know, maybe they'll be there, maybe they won't. But either way... I'm just going to enjoy the season. I'm not really high on having any type of expectation at this point, other than I'm just right now they're exceeding all expectations in my book compared to how they looked even a month ago. You know, (laughs) everybody left them for dead, Austin. And now look at where they're at. I mean, what do you think has contributed to this turnaround for the Spurs?
1: Uh, I think the integration of these new players, you know, it it takes a minute when you have so many new people and, you know, you have a culture shakeup when you remove a guy from a locker room like Kawhi Leonard. And, I mean, even Danny Green, I mean, nobody talks about the fact about how big Danny Green was for that locker room while he was in there. But you add guys you add guys like Pardo, who I'm extremely impressed with, who I've talked about prior, but uh, he's he's been a game changer. And I think he's going to be more important to this franchise moving forward, actually, than DeMar DeRozan is.
0: Yeah, well, we'll go ahead and have you on tape for that. So in case that... Does come to fruition. You heard it here first from Austin Hartsfield. <laughs> Take a look at Yaka Portal from this part from this day forward, because he might be the one that will have a bigger impact on the team than you know Demar Derozan. I like Demar Derozan's game. I think he does a good job of getting his teammates involved, and you know he's he's a prolific scorer. But I got to be honest with you, uh, Austin. As of late, yeah, he he kind of looks like he's getting a little bit tired. He hasn't been himself. I don't know if he's just exhausted from all the minutes that he's been playing from the start of the season, or he, there's some type of injury that we're just not hearing about. What, what what do you think? What's your consensus? You think he's just tired, or you think he's playing through some injury?
1: You know, and it, it could be a lot of it could be coming from a coach like Dwayne Casey, who used to just let him do whatever he want. There wasn't a lot of off ball stuff. You know, he was he was a primary ball handler. Pop hasn't doing a lot of running off the ball. Like there would be specific plays when Kyle Lowry would just do his thing. It'd be just be Kyle Lowry ISO up in Toronto, and you know maybe pick and roll and Demar would take plays off. He can't do that in San Antonio. I mean everything, everybody is involved on every play, and I think that could be part of it. But then again, you know it just everybody hits their wind at some point. You know everybody hits a stretch to where it looks like they're pretty exhausted. And uh, he played 39 minutes tonight, so I can explain. I can probably feel how he could be tired.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably what I'm leaning towards. I think he's just dead tired, you know, at this point. He's been playing 30-plus minutes almost every single game. I mean, it kind of weighs on you. It wears the body out. Hats up. Yeah, and at some point, I mean, you're you're getting close to the all-star break, and the players at this point, they, they all need their rest. Their, their legs are, are not what they once were because they're they're tired. Everybody's playing through either some type of injury, playing through some type of pain their bodies are banged up and they need some rest. So I'm pretty sure they're all looking forward to that all-star break that's coming up. You know, one thing I want to hint on though, the Rockets actually helped us a little bit tonight because the Rockets, they lost to the Brooklyn Nets in overtime, 145 to 142. And James Harden had 58 points for the Rockets. This dude needs to get some more help, man. I mean, you got other people on the on the team that are, are contributing. You know, P.J. Tucker went off for 20. Eric Gordon had 20. Austin Rivers had 13. Gerald Green had 15. Beyond that, not too much to speak of. But James Harden, he's been on a tear lately, but scoring all those points, what good does it do if it's not turning into a win? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, but I mean, and it comes, and it comes down to this too. It's like, it's it's almost on management for bringing in the wrong guys. I mean, all those guys that you mentioned outside of Eric Gordon weren't on the team uh, a year and a half ago. I mean, PJ Tucker was an acquisition not too long ago uh, last season, and you know Austin Rivers is brand new. But at some point, it seems like James Harden's playing for the streak and not playing the win basketball game.
0: Yeah, because to me, it's always been one thing. the The Rockets had always been a really good. Regular season team. But they just, you know, for whatever reason, they just could never get over that hump and the playoffs. They're and, the Chargers. Yeah, and then last season, you you were rooting for the Rockets. They had the Warriors on the ropes, and then CP3 had that hamstring injury again, and that was all she wrote for the Rockets. And this season, the same thing happened. You know, it looked like the Rocket season was going to be done. They made, you know, some headway. They started coming back, playing good ball again. CP3 goes down again with the hamstring injury, and you know, we're here again, you know? So the Spurs and the Rockets are neck and neck right now, and I, I, for one, I don't I don't care who gets injured because we had to play through our fair share of injuries as well. It's something that happens in the game of basketball, but at this juncture, the way the West is stacked this season, Austin, from one all the way to about the sixth seed, it's only separated by a couple of games. Anywhere from four to five games can get you from number six, maybe to even number on the two. the Warriors, eventually. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's crazy to think that way, but go I on. think. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just gonna say you have you have to kind of bank on the Warriors going on their streak. I mean, about they're about to get DeMarcus Cousins not back, but for the first time, and you have to eventually know that they're gonna they're gonna put nineteen of twenty or you know twenty five of twenty seven together and they're going to take that one seed. And it's just a matter of winning the games that you can and putting wins together so that you can be around there because I think you can just bank on them being the one seed. And you kind of wonder how long the Nuggets are going to hang around. I mean, you see the Nuggets up there. I feel like they do this once every couple years. But this is a very well-put-together Nuggets team. And you have Jamal Murray. You have a guy in Nikola Jokic who is an absolute all-star, deserves to be an all-star, deserves to absolutely, absolutely get MVP votes. At the end of the day, I understand James Harden's going off and doing his thing, but what Jokic is doing for that thing, he puts the v invaluable in Denver. And you know, you could say the same about a lot of guys in this league. I mean, Anthony Davis, obviously, the Falcons team is not very good, but again, the invaluable.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season will pan out once we get you know back from that All Star break because there's still a lot of basketball to be played. Still, we're only at the halfway mark of the season, and anything can happen. I've never seen the West this tightly stacked before, and not only that, but you also have good teams out in the East as well. You know, you got the Bucks, you got the Raptors, Finally. Pacers, Sixers, and Celtics sitting at the 5th. You know, I think the Celtics will kind of move up a little bit. I'm not really sold on the 76ers yeah, or the go Pacers. A in a second. Yeah, you know, that's what I get the feeling. You you, you can never discount the Celtics because of Kyrie Irving. And the young group of players that they have, you know, Jason Tatum, everybody else, they they can they can turn it on. And I think they just need a little bit more time to to probably gel and get used to each other. But I I I'm really thinking that they're going to make a run, probably in the month of February, March, and we'll see a move up. Uh, I'm not sold, like I said, on the Pacers or the Seventy Sixers. I think they're going to fall down in the standings a little bit. But I think the one and two spots are pretty much solidified. You're going to have the Bucks and the Raptors, I think the Raptors are really going to want to play at that number two position versus being in the number one position. I, I just think that the way that the schedule will pan out at the, you know, through the end of the season, it kind of favors the Bucks a little bit more than it does the Raptors. So I think they'll stay at one and two there, but it, it'll be interesting to see what really does happen though. I mean, I can't believe the Nets are at the number seven seed right now. In the, in the East. Can you believe yeah, that, Austin? I
1: mean, it's, it's a well-put-together team. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we laugh at the Nets, and we, we you know, the Nets are the stop. but you have guys like D'Angelo Russell who is quietly having a phenomenal season, but you could also guys, look at guys like Jared Allen who are putting together seasons that, I mean, people aren't looking at but are being serviceable NBA players, and they're all kind of gelling at once, and they're winning games in the East, which it doesn't take a lot of wins to make the playoffs in that, in that league
0: and that's that's the truth because right now the nets are 23 and 23 sitting at 500 and they're they're the seventh seed in the east and then you look at a team that's below 500 and the charlotte hornets 20 and 23 for the season and tony parker has been playing some pretty decent ball for them you know he's scoring i believe he's averaging 10 points 10 points a game this season which isn't too bad i mean he still have some he still has some game left in him so I, I'm I'm hoping that the the Hornets will stay, you know, in the hunt. They're going to stay right there, maybe at the eighth or seventh seed, and make the playoffs. Because I, I'm really wanting Tony Parker to go to the go to the playoffs and, and go go and play against some of these other teams in the East. I think he deserves it, you know, especially after the the season that he had to endure with the Spurs and the Kawhi drama that ensued. But I wish him nothing but the best and San Antonio did give him a standing ovation, as they should, you know, when he did return and, and beat the Spurs the other night. But you know, to boo or not to boo, I mean, if you were a Spurs fan and you didn't boo for Kawhi Leonard, then you can't call yourself a diehard, right, Austin?
1: Uh,
0: uh, to boo or not to boo, what were I mean, you on the are you on the fence or did you think we should have booed or not? I'm boo?
1: I'm I thought that that was a very unique situation. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, I'm one of the few people that has lived in that city that actually likes the take number two. Oh, uh,
0: no, I don't like
1: how he handled the situation. But I'm to the point now where I think everybody just needs to get over it and get move on. I mean, uh, you got the one game to boo, which I think I think you're right. I think you I think that he deserved the booze, You know, he didn't handle it the, the exact correct way, but it's over now. You know. Yep.
0: I agree with you, you know, now that everybody booed him and had the signs and everything up and the the fake, you know, they had the, the tape, you know, the duct tape on the jerseys and made cute yeah. little number, you know, put a one in front of the two, crossed out the two, came up with some creative, uh, I guess, acronyms for the back of the jerseys. Some of them I can't repeat here on air, but they they were quite humorous. But I think everybody kind of got that out of their system and they're moving forward. I mean, you can't. You can't hate somebody forever, you know. Okay, he left. He left. Yeah, exactly. He's gone. You know. Let's let's move on. He,
1: he helped you win a championship, so exactly. banners fly forever. At the end of the day,
0: exactly. I had a saying. I'm like, if you want to erase him from history, then you got to give back that championship. You know. I mean, it's exactly one of those things that you got to love and hate about him. Yeah, we don't know what's gonna, you know, what really transpired. And like I said, maybe one day. Twenty or thirty years from now, we'll see a ESPN thirty for thirty on it. You know, stranger things have happened.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: All right, so we're gonna go ahead and end this episode of the Two Shots podcast. But like I said, make sure you go and you follow Austin Hartsfield on Twitter, and you go check out his great podcast that he has, the Painting Corners podcast. It's available on all platforms, and let him know once again, Austin, where they can get a hold of you on Twitter.
1: At Hartsfield, we will be on Twitter. Obviously, I'm Austin Hartsfield on Facebook, if you want to find me on Facebook. But uh, uh, at Painting Corners Pod is the baseball Twitter. If you want to talk baseball, if you just want to listen to somebody talk about baseball, uh, I'm really good at interacting on Twitter. And I'll pretty much take any baseball question that you can throw at me, whether it be Harper, Machado, anything like that.
0: Yeah, definitely. So make sure you go and check out the Painting Corners podcast. And Austin's also a part of our Two Shots Podcast Network where you'll see more content, not just from Austin, but also from the guys from Live from the Eight One Five. Uh, there's they're really funny. Love them. <laughs> they're crazy. They have great off topic conversations <laughs> and polls that they're running all the time. So if you like your sports and you also want to be entertained, you gotta check out the guys from Live from the Eight One Five. I believe uh you know their handle on Twitter. This week. Oh, go go ahead. Their what?
1: Their interview this week is one of the best ever. Like I love Caleb Fair Caleb Frerck is the Chicago White Sox. He's been on Paying Quarter. Actually, I think twice. And uh, they kind of shook Caleb Caleb up a little bit and uh, had him have a little fun with the interview. So it's pretty awesome. Go check it out.
0: Yeah, there you go. Go check it out. And do you know their Twitter handle offhand? Uh, I think
1: it's I think it's live from eight one five. But let me check. Uh... Let me find
0: out. I know you can listen to their podcast on you know the Two Shots Podcast Network uh webpage and it's two shots and let's go ahead and find out where you can listen. At to. live from the eight one five. There you go. At live from the eight one five. And it's spelled out, you know, live L I V E from F R O M the Eight One Five you can figure that out and check them out so make sure that you go ahead and follow austin live from the 815 and you can also follow me at two shots podcast and we're available on twitter instagram facebook and you know like i said you can also find us on the internet at Two twoshotssa.com so for austin hartsfield i'm joe garcia thank you for tuning in and like we always say spread the love stop the hate and be kind we're out peace